I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Lisa Lewis, author of The Sleep-Deprived Teen, Why Our Teenagers Are So Tired and How Parents and Schools Can Help Them Thrive. Teens today are facing a perfect storm of mental health challenges, increased academic pressures, and tech overload, all set against the backdrop of chronic sleep deprivation. While we all know sleep is essential for teens' well-being, it is far too easy to downplay the risks or understand what's at stake when they're regularly skipping sleep in order to get everything done. Advocate, educator, and journalist Lisa Lewis helped spark the first law in the nation requiring healthy school start times, addresses these questions, and more. She offers insights into how we can make changes at home and in our schools and also build a common understanding of why teen sleep matters. She's written for the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Atlantic Times, the LA Times, Slate, and your teen, amongst many others. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Nice to have you on. Thank you. Nice to be here. Okay, so we're going to be talking about uh, the sleep-deprived teen, and I had a lot of experiences with three sleep-deprived teens who have now grown up, but as it... And the issues that you describe in your book still exist. I mean, which I guess we haven't done too much about that I mean, in terms of sleep deprivation and the teenage years in school and academia, et cetera. Um, and I'm talking in the past 25 years. So let's begin. Um, how big is the problem and why do we need to do something about it now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And to your point, um, this has been an issue for many, many years in terms of teens who, who are sleep deprived, but it's actually been getting worse. So, you know, I've got data here from the CDC and what it shows is the first year that they started tracking this, asking high schoolers as part of their, uh, it's called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. So in 2007, about 31% of high schoolers were saying they got at least eight hours of sleep. Well, by 2019, which is the most recent data, that was down to just 22% of high schoolers getting at least eight hours of sleep. And the thing to note is that for high schoolers, that's the minimum they should be getting. Because up until age 18, our teens should be getting eight to 10 hours of sleep every single night. And so when you have only, you know, barely over 20% of them getting even that minimum, that really gives you a sense of just how broad this issue is. And so the numbers are high, the issue is broad, and then what what result what are the results? You know, what happens when they don't get the eight hours sleep? What right, right. Yeah, and, and exactly like why why does this matter? And it matters because across the board it is having um, profound impacts on their ability to 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 cope in in pretty much every aspect of their lives. I mean, you can look at it from a learning standpoint because when they are not getting enough sleep, unfortunately, one of the big drivers of that happens to be when schools start too early in the morning and that cuts into their sleep. So then they're showing up to school. Um, sometimes they're not showing up or they're showing up late, but even when they are there, when they are not awake and alert and ready to learn, clearly that is impacting you know, their, their ability to do well in school. Um, in fact, they have shown when schools have moved their start times later, 
that, that there are gains across the board in terms of um, it, they show that grades go up, they show that attendance goes up, they show that graduation rates go up. So, you know, just from a, from a, a learning and, and school standpoint. But I think one of the big ones, especially now, is the mental health implications um, when our teens are sleep deprived. And that's something that, you know, we've seen, especially over the last couple of years, teen mental health was already an issue. It has become much more so because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on these last few years. And for teens who already were having, you know, these, these large mental health issues, the fact that they're sleep deprived on top of that just exacerbates the issue. So being sleep deprived exacerbates depression, it exacerbates anxiety, it also exacerbates suicidality. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I always, without having done any research or written a book, but I know when the school system where my kids grew up, um, the high school kids had to go to school, uh, their school starting time was at seven in the morning, which is just what you're, and so all the kids went, most of the kids were sleep deprived when they went to school. And the reason for that was that they would get out of school earlier and be able to come home and take care of the elementary school kids if school was canceled because of snow or some other disaster. And that was the reasoning behind it. That's what the, mm. yeah. And I, I don't know if that still exists or that you've come across that, but it, it just it never made sense to me. Um, but anyway, it's an example of what you're talking about. So they started the day exhausted. I mean, that's what, you know. And Absolutely. Then all of, no, yeah. that's, that's far too early. Absolutely. And I, in fact, what propelled me in, into this issue, into all, all of the work that I've done on it, was um, my kids, I've got, I've got a teenager and a recent teen who's now 20. And it was when he started high school. This was back in 2015. As a freshman, our local high school at that point started at 7.30 in the morning. And that was too early. And that was really what started me looking into this. And what I found was in, um, what I found was, A, this was a, an issue much broader than, you know, just our local school and our local community, but B, that there already was so much research about this. Um, this is not a brand new issue. The first school to change its start times based on this body of knowledge was back in 1996 in Edina, Minnesota. So it's just been slow to happen across the country. And um, I think that's, in, in particular, that's why this new law in California is so important. Because up until now, many, many schools have heeded the research, made the change. Um, because in fairness, this research wasn't necessarily out there way back when the school schedules were originally set for reasons, as you mentioned, other than student well-being. But the problem is, in so many cases, those legacy schedules have endured. So um, there are schools that have made the change around the country, you know, hundreds of them. However, it really has been done on a patchwork basis. So what's happening in California is so exciting because we have a new law, and it's the first law of its scope in the entire country, which is setting minimum start times of what it, schools cannot start any earlier than 830 for high schools and eight o'clock for middle schools. And that's for all of the, the public middle and high schools in the state of California. When, and I know you were very, in, uh, uh, very instrumental in get, getting this law passed. What were some of the major, I guess, objections to it or the objections that you find in, in your research that, 
school boards, parents, uh, whoever's involved in making those decisions? What are their major objections? Why they can't change? Or is it just because we've always yeah. done it? You know, school started at seven thirty, and it's going to do that for the next fifty years. <laughs> but <clears throat> it's re- well, that, that's really a huge part of it. As I was mentioning, in so many cases, these are legacy schedules. Um, and and it, there really usually are the same issues and the, and the same questions that have to be answered in every, you know, school community that is um, considering making this change. And so these come up. And I think the important point also is that they've all been successfully addressed. You know, every school thinks, oh, well, what about our district? Because here, sports is so important. You know, or here, transportation is an issue. Or here, just having to make a change is really going to be difficult. Because those are literally the, the top three that, that tend to come up. So, and I can sort of address them in reverse order of what I just said, but making change, just the, the idea of change is something people would prefer not to do, you know, if, if they have the option. Um, and, and particularly as parents, you know, I, I can vividly remember how much my day was structured around my kids' school schedules. And, you know, that's just the reality. And when you look at making a change to school schedules, that does mean all these um, parents may have to change their schedules, looking at before or after school care, that there are other areas that have to adjust too. And yes, that, you know, that is something that takes time. So in fact, that's one of the best ways to address it is make sure you communicate early on about why this is so important which in this case is because sleep is a, uh, and teen sleep deprivation, I should say, really is a public health issue. So that's the first piece is for people to really understand why this is so important, but then also to allow enough time to make that change because, yeah, that, that's a reality. Um, the second piece sometimes is transportation because, again, these schedules were not set with student well-being in mind, and in a lot of communities, they were set because of the school buses, because the, the district may use the same fleet of buses to do all the pickups and drop-offs at the elementary and middle and high school levels, and so they had to kind of stagger them. And, you know, way back when, when those schedules were set, before all this information was widely known about um, teen sleep needs, oftentimes, by default, teens were given the earliest start time, thinking, oh, well, they should be better able to, to handle, you know, the early start times, when in fact, now we know that is not the case, and yet those schedules have endured. And then the third piece that often comes up is sports. Well, what happens to our after-school sports practices, et cetera? And what happens is you move them back slightly. You know, if the school day shifts an hour later, the school gets out an hour later, practices then start later, but it, 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 another piece of that, too, is sometimes taking a look at, well, maybe we could alter our practice schedule. Maybe they don't need to be practicing quite as long as they are. Maybe it could be 15 minutes shorter. Maybe two teams could share the field. I mean, there, there are a lot of different ways that districts address this. And then, I mean, for me, just as a parent and as, as a parent whose son was a high school athlete at the same time he was in high school, I just think it's also important to keep in mind the real purpose of them being in school is not to train them to go off and be a pro athlete. It's to be a student. And so that really is the piece that should be taking priority. I'm thinking about teens and teens going, the teens need eight hours sleep or, or more and they go to school the earliest and elementary school. We all know that 
five and six year olds, they're the ones who are up at seven or six in the morning. They need to go to school exactly. first. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They bounce out of bed. They are yeah. you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And, and no, most teens are not bright eyed and bushy tailed at six thirty in the morning. And and even that piece, just helping sort of spread awareness about that, because as parents often we see that, but understanding what's behind that too, which is that for teens there is a circadian rhythm shift that happens at the onset of puberty. And what that means is that it's an internal body clock shift in terms of when they feel sleepy and, and it's later than it used to be. And that's because melatonin, which is what primes us to feel sleepy, begins to be released later at night than it used to. So our teens are not able to you know, fall asleep at 8 o'clock the way our 7-year-olds used to be. They are not going to feel sleepy until about 11 o'clock at night they do need eight to 10 hours of sleep. And so obviously if school is starting too early on, you know, the morning side of that equation, then clearly it's, it's really making it difficult for them to get the required hours of sleep. But so often people will say, well, they should just go to bed earlier. And they don't realize, well, it's not realistic. You know, teens don't go to bed at nine o'clock. And it's also biologically, there, there's a reason why that, you know, they're not able to fall asleep that early anymore. It's not just that they're choosing not to. What about COVID? How has that impacted the, the, this whole topic um, in terms of like, you, you know, some of these schools going to uh, sending kids to teens to school so early, but now parents are home more uh, or they have, you know, they part work part time at home, part time at the office, that kind of thing. And uh, has there been, you know, that's changed. So the whole, um, in terms of the workforce, things have changed. Parents, they 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 don't leave in the morning necessarily at eight o'clock in the morning like they used to. I, I don't know. I'm just sort of mentioning a lot of different kinds of things. But how has it impacted uh, the some of these school systems in terms of the time that uh, school starts? Well, in fact, it did in many cases um, when everything shut down in March of 2020 and schools had to just pivot overnight to remote schooling. Um, well, first of all, it shows that they can make change very quickly when they need to, which I thought, you know, so that's a pretty important point. Yeah. But also in so many cases, they did end up shifting their start times. So that they, the classes were starting later in the morning. Um, so, for instance, in, in our district, where it had been 7.30, that was when they shifted to 8.30. And then they kept that once schools resumed in-person um, instruction. And particularly in California, which is where I am, any district that did that, it made all the sense in the world to keep those new later start times because this new law is going into effect July 1st. And, um, and so getting back to what I've mentioned earlier about needing enough time to make the change, our law was signed um, in, into being, and the bill was signed into law in October of 2019, but there was a three-year implementation window. So certainly any school could have made the change at any point when they wanted to, but the deadline for them to do so is July 1st, so in time for this coming school year. So in California, any of those districts that did move to a later start time during remote schooling, um, you know, just anecdotally, I know from ours and just some others I've seen, they, they kept those later times because it didn't make sense to keep bouncing back and forth. 
So it's interesting, all the excuses that uh, have been given why you have to start school early just uh, dissipated in the crisis. And, the, and as you say, the change was easily made or made quickly. And they're keeping, well, in California particularly, but they, they're keeping the, the change in school time. Um, that what, I guess, what, or do you know, what uh, states um, ha are doing this or considering this, um, let's say, as we speak right now? So right now, there are bills that are actively being considered in both New York and New Jersey. So that's uh, incredibly gratifying to see. And I will tell you, you know, personally, my hope is that when our California law does go into effect, that that is going to help put some wind in, into their sails. There have been laws like this, uh, bills, I should say, legislation proposed in various states, you know, over the years, and none of them have come to fruition in terms of a bill or law that would require these later start times. So that's what the New Jersey and New York uh, bills would do as well, something similar to what we're doing in California. So, you know, I do hope this is going to really help other states. I know in, often California does serve as a bellwether. You know, we are the most populous state. And I, you know, just was looking at the numbers in terms of the number of um, kids enrolled in public, middle, and high schools in California. It's about 3 million. So the scope of this is really quite large. Yeah, and then you're saying the states that are considering it now are also states with one of the largest populations, right? New York and New Jersey. So, yes, or, yeah, yeah. Right. And and I should also note that there have been districts around the country that have done this, but you know, as I said, it really has been on a patchwork basis. So there have been some large areas that have done this because the districts range in size from you know one single high school to a city the size of Seattle. I mean, probably the two largest areas that have done this so far are the city of Seattle and then Fairfax County, Virginia. But again, those were not, you know, done at the statewide level. And so that's why this is, you know, in, in doing it at, at an even larger, um, on an even larger scale. And as also as you, uh, your book is a guide for making changes, not just in the school system, but also some sleep-friendly, as you describe them, changes at home. Maybe we can talk about that. We don't have that much time left. But, um, you know, what, what, yeah. What, what, yeah, what can we do at home? Is Well, that's a good point because in terms of helping teens get more sleep, you know, I would say changing school start times so that they start at, you know, a healthy time is, is absolutely essential. And that really is a public health issue and it's a policy issue. So that's why, you know, that piece I think is so important. That being said, though, there are things we can be doing um, in our own homes. And I should note, like, there are always ways that teens, adults, that can sabotage our sleep. You know, if you have a teen who's up until 1.30 playing video games, well, yeah, of course that's going to be cutting into their sleep. So there are, you know, there are common sense measures. Um, when it comes to tech, a, uh, the official guideline from the American Academy of Pediatrics is no tech use an hour before bedtime. So certainly as parents, trying to implement realistic tech guidelines in our homes is a good, uh, a good practice. Um, in doing so, it also means that we need to be participating in those too. So if we set a rule, all the devices should be charged in the kitchen, well, that means our devices should be charged there too. 
because, you know, setting a good example, I think, really does go a long way. I mean, I, I would say it all boils down to making sleep a priority. So to start recognizing that teens need eight to 10 hours of sleep every night. It's not just eight hours. You know, eight hours is the midpoint for adults. We need seven to nine. But for teens, they really, truly need eight to 10. So understanding that, understanding how their sleep um, schedule shifts and helping them understand that too. Also helping them um, in terms of making sleep a priority, a best practice. You know, I've talked to so many experts on this, but a, a, a really great uh, best practice is setting some kind of wind down routine so that we're sort of priming ourselves to go to sleep. And it's the same thing as parents we did when our kids were little. You know, I know I had a long, elaborate routine of, you know, you read a book and it's a sip of water and it's this whole sequence. So it's, it's not that anymore, thank goodness. But it's helping them come up with some sort of wind down routine. Um, you know, ideally it is getting off of tech. It has to do with um, the lighting. We need to look at the lighting in our homes. Um, I mean, there's so many things that play into it, but just sort of starting these conversations and um, ideally having our teens uh, buy into this too, so that we're not just dictating these, you know, these steps to them <laughs> tends to be more successful that way. Yeah, uh, obviously those are great suggestions and there's a lot more in the book for readers to, to read about. It is a guide. And I think what you said at the beginning is, I mean, make sleep a priority, right? That has to be the sort of the overall, our overall goal. And then once you do that, you begin to be able to be, to find the ways in which to make that sleep a priority, not just for the parents, but for the teens. Everybody has to be engaged, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for us too, as parents, I mean, as a whole, our society tends to be sleep deprived. So Generally speaking, most parents, you know, could stand to get more sleep. And when parents get um, well-rested and when their teens are well-rested, things go more smoothly in the household. Yeah, right. Everybody gets along much better if they've had sleep. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) And I said, well, we'll leave it on that. But uh, no, uh, the title of the book is The Sleep-Deprived Teen and Why Our Teenagers Are So Tired and How Parents and Schools can help them thrive and then we can all thrive. But so give us a website or websites we can go to for more, you know, more information about you and about the book. Yeah. Thank you. So my website is Lisa L Lewis.com. My middle initial is also L. So Lisa L L E W I S.com. And there's all sorts of information about the book. I've actually written about teen sleep quite a bit. It's, it's been an obsession of mine really these last seven years. So um, yeah, and then the book, as you mentioned, just came out a couple weeks ago. So I do hope that it will that it it will help make a difference. Great. Well, you are making a difference, and thanks so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to the Catherine Zox Show. 